0: Welcome to relaunch the real estate podcast focused on helping you find your success in real estate. My name is Lauren Cooper. I am an active real estate sales representative just north of Toronto, Canada. The whole purpose of this podcast is to bring you actionable content by interviewing the best of the best in this business, helping to take you from zero to hero in your real estate career. Welcome everybody to another episode of the relaunch podcast that is the real estate launch podcast today we are welcoming none other than the infamous dan jemis from the (laughs) dan jemis team
1: (laughs) hi lord how are you
0: fantastic how are you my friend
1: fantastic always good
0: all right so why don't we start out by uh just giving a little overview of where you're at with your business right now um you've got a team and how many people are on your team and, and what does your business kind of look like
1: Sure. Uh, The Dan Gemma's team, uh, we're approaching uh, 17, 18 people now on the team. Uh, It's been growing quite steadily. So we started, uh, the team launched uh, in January of 2013. I started in the business in December 2009 uh, and uh, it kind of grew pretty fast from there. Um the team started with uh, uh Lisa, uh who's now our, our director of operations as my uh, first assistant. She started uh, part-time. Um and we we joke that uh she started working 20 hours a week for the first, you know, that was what she wanted to work, and then a couple weeks later she was full-time. So um and then it kind of grew from there. We had uh, a media person full-time very early on. Um, and then, uh, Kathy Talbot, uh, joined us, uh, she was another single agent and actually my wife's aunt, so we're related. Um, and then from there it kind of just, it it grew, um, pretty crazy.
0: Okay. So now let's go back (laughs) before real estate and let's talk a little bit about what's your background and, uh, what got you into real estate in the first place?
1: Yeah, great question. So I actually, my background is radio. Uh, I worked for uh, a station here locally, uh, a news talk station, uh, AM 800. I was there uh, almost nine years. Um, And when I first got my real estate license, I thought I was going to, you know, uh, stay in radio the rest of my life uh, and do uh, real estate part-time. I quickly found out that that was impossible uh, and that uh, I had to give it my all if if I was going to go, you know, seriously and uh, and do it well. So within about... um, Geez, I don't know, four or five months uh, in the business, I left I left radio and went full time into uh, into real estate, um, which was uh, lots of fun.
0: All right, so we forgot to mention where are you located?
1: We're in Amherstburg, Ontario, so Windsor, the Windsor market is the mar- the market that we serve, uh, and uh, so we're we're about uh, twenty minutes out of downtown Windsor uh, in Amherstburg, Ontario, and just across the border from Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just across the border, uh, we can actually see it from our building. Uh, we can see, well, actually, we see Bablo Island, which right on the other side of Boblo is the state. So it's about uh, you know a little hop, skip, and a jump away.
0: All right, fantastic. So um, you were in radio. You have this background in in being a quote unquote radio personality. So what made the jump to real estate sales? Like, what attracted you to real estate in the first place? Even though you were thinking part time.
1: You know, I had, um, you know, oddly enough, um, I helped, I was working for a, uh, a company uh, locally here that was um, advertising private sales back in high school for a couple of years. Uh, ironically, the person that started that uh, business is now selling real estate as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we saw, the, the thing that we saw uh, in, that, in that business was that you know, a lot of people were, were jumping out at, at the time. That was back in the early 2000s, uh, 2000, 2000, 2001. Um, and, uh, people were, were advertising, but not many people were actually selling. They ended up listing with realtors along the way. Um, so I left, uh, after high school, I got another job, left that business, but I ended up buying, she had a, um, a rental property division. Uh, so they, they would market rental properties. Um, so I actually ended up buying that division from her. Um, I was probably, I don't know, 20, 21 years old uh, and went, took off running with that. So that's how I got my taste of real estate was through that, that division of that company that I bought, uh, and grew that. Uh, and I had that up until, you know, I was still in radio when I had that company. So, um, it was, it was lots of fun. Uh, it wasn't making great money, but it was, uh, it was definitely making lots of contacts and, and, uh, getting my, you know, uh, a good feel of the business.
0: Okay, great. Now, when you first jumped in, you said you realized you couldn't really do this part-time if you wanted to do it to the full extent that, that you were hoping. So yeah. What, what uh, at what point did you go from part time to full time, and and what was that transition like?
1: Well, when I was in school uh, taking the real estate classes, I'll, I'll never forget uh, being in, in one of the courses, and uh, and people around the table talking about uh, or the teacher talking about how the average realtor sells you know three or four houses a year. I remember thinking at the time, okay, I'm in radio full time. Geez, if I can hit average, I'll be I'll be happy with it. It's fantastic. Uh, not knowing at the time, you know, not doing the math and realizing that, you know, anywhere near average is losing money. Um, but so got into the business. Uh, and again, with the point, with the goal of just being average, I guess, at the time. And within, uh, geez, I was December, was middle of December 2009. Uh, I sold my first house January 1st, 2010. Uh, and within the first couple of months, I had sold, you know, five, six houses so it was going pretty well. Uh, and I was keeping very busy, got to the point where I was sneaking phone calls from the, from the studio at the radio station, trying to book appointments and, and keep things rolling. So, um, about three months in about the month of March in 2010, I, uh, was swamped. I had, you know, sold a a bunch of a few houses and it got to the point where I couldn't keep up. And, uh, so I was full time at the station. I was, I was head of, uh, of a department. I had 11 staff, Um, and I actually approached my boss and I said, listen, um, I need to go down to part time because I've used up all my vacation, uh, for the year already. And, uh, I can't keep up. So I went down to part time, uh, in, I was actually working a couple of, um, of live air shifts and, uh, one show was from noon to three, the other was from three to six. Uh, and so my shift was noon to seven. So, uh, I ended up going down to part time, which all that meant was leaving at six o'clock. But that um, being, being officially part-time, let me take off as much time as I wanted off because I was now hourly as opposed to salary. So give it another month, I was part-time and then I was still way too busy and I took the plunge and I just um, made a big decision and, and left the station and uh, got to, in, into the business full-time. Uh, my first year ended up selling you know, 30, 36, 37 houses. So it was, it was a good decision, it worked out. Uh, my wife um, is an RN by trade uh, and so we had a good income coming in from her which which allowed us to kind of take a bit of a of a of a risk and uh, and go for it
0: okay, so you had sold your first house within weeks really about a month, weeks. Um, tell me about your first few sales where did they come from
1: uh, They were actually c o i so if I look at my first year um, i'd have to look back closely now, but I want to say of all those deals, I think um uh, most most of them were all uh, they were all buyers. I think I had one one seller that year, um, and uh, the majority of them were were COIs, so just people that I know. My my very first deal was someone I went to high school with. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Yep. So
0: how did you let it be known that you were in real estate? And was there anything that you needed to do to make them trust this new agent that was their friend?
1: I actually um, I hit the ground running pretty hard. So just because of the business that I'm in, uh, I was in at the time radio. Um, I knew that marketing was key and that I had to really get the word out. Um, and so I just pushed really hard. I, I, you know, had newsletters going out, I had letters, uh, business cards going out to everywhere, um, and just making contacts and meeting people and, and getting together for, for coffee or drinks and, and just that kind of thing. So it was really pushing hard R- right from the early onset. Um, I, I reinvested all of, all of the money coming back in. Uh, I reinvested it back into the business. So um, billboards, uh, I I hit the market very hard with marketing. So everyone knew that I was in the business very early on, Um, so much so that people were making comments about how, oh my gosh, you're everywhere. How are you, you know, um, how do you have so much advertising going on? Meanwhile, here I am putting all my money back into the business. That's how I do it. I just, you know, I wasn't spending it. I was, I wasn't, you know, just throwing it out the window. I was, I was spending it in, uh, in proper places. So um, that really gave me a, a good fast boost early on and then from there kind of just took off And the brand was built and kind of just went from there
0: So do you continue uh, a lot of the similar strategies in terms of branding and, and in terms of the branding play you mentioned billboards? So are you out there? You know bus benches billboards that kind of branding? Or
1: so branding it's 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 changed a lot to over the years now that now that our brand is built um, we have our radio show, so we actually, you know, the, the station that I, I worked for, uh, AM 800, CKLW here in Windsor, uh, it's the number one station in our marketplace by far, uh, almost 40% uh, um, listenership compared to number two, which is you no know, 7-8%. Um, so news talk stations are typically your, your number one go-to's uh, in any marketplace, um, and, and they were after me to come on the air with a with a real estate show uh, early on, and I originally said no. I know how much work goes into Planning shows, and um, next thing you know, it was about uh, four years ago now. Um, I, I gave in, and we started uh, uh, with the Dan Gemma's Real Estate show on Sunday mornings. Uh, so that was a very big play for us. Um, so radio has been a big part of our brand uh, branding uh, strategy, um, and online has been has been huge. So we still have a couple billboards going, uh, but it's not as heavy as it as it used to be. Uh, we're, we're print is not big for us. Uh, we've never been huge in print because we, we we've kept track of what's worked and what's not. And print has definitely not worked for us in the past. So we've we've pretty much killed uh, the majority of print advertising and have gone to uh, radio uh, and, uh, and billboards and, and online marketing strategies.
0: So that's pretty unique. Now that radio spot um, is that an advertised time that you're paying for, or are you? How is that working? What's the structure of that, and how would that maybe normally work out there in other markets?
1: So typically, so because of my um, my history there, uh, I guess it's pretty favorable for us. Yes, it is advertising. We are paying for it, um, and uh, it's worth you know every penny. The thing with radio is that it's it's expensive. TV is expensive, radio is expensive. Um, and what people have to realize is, if you're going to do it, you have to stick with it. Um, radio and television advertising is not um, a quick. Um, quick response time, so it's it's most, mostly uh, a branding play uh, compared to you know uh, if you do postcards, you'll you'll get an immediate response. People pick it up, um, a free market evaluation, and they run with it. Radio and television is different; it's about long-term uh, branding strategy, and so it really took us about um, I'm going to say about well, we we had our first evaluation after a market free market evaluation after our first show, uh, but. Uh, I would say that it really took about maybe six to 12 months for it to really hit hard. And now it works beautifully. And our show is a very um, relaxed, um, you know, um, friendly uh, atmosphere. So we have uh, our sales agents will come on on the show. Our, our um, marketing uh, media uh, guy, Andrew, is on the show with us. Um, and it's a very just um, a natural discussion. We'll talk about fun topics. So um, top 10 10 things uh, uh, to clean your house or what kind of fun topics. We'll talk about some celebrity real estate stories, whatever. It's just, it's a very light mood. Uh, And the point is that we're not there just to hard sell, hard sell, hard sell. Nobody wants to hear that. Um, They want to just have fun with us. And we have a lot of laughs. Uh, We FaceTime live um, the the show on Sunday mornings. We're actually on twice a week now, I should add. So we're on Sunday mornings and we have a different show on Tuesday nights uh, from 7 to 8 p.m. So it's Sunday mornings, 7 to 8 a.m. And Tuesday nights, 7 to 8 p.m. So we're on twice a week now. Different themes? Uh, no, it's, well, different different topics. Uh, we always have, we, we change it up. But no, exact same idea with the show. Uh, more relaxed. And it's just basically a continuance of of the Sunday show. So people can tune in to both. And they'll hear our stories and people have really gotten to know us, uh, you know, whether or not they're selling today or they won't be selling for, you know, three four years. They've gotten to know us. We we are real people on, on the show. We're not we're not uh, being fake. We're not, you know, it's just literally just us being us. And they'll often comment about how, you know, they, they feel like they know us very well already. Um, and that's that's gold going into a, uh, a market evaluation. They already know you. Right. So they'll reference the shows, they'll reference the topics and uh, it's pretty cool.
0: So in this day and age a lot of the the listenership in, in this particular podcast is our agents that are just starting out or agents sure. that may be struggling a little bit so they may not have the budget to put in or they might be not even be in the right place in their business to do that. However, that could be done on a much smaller budget and a much smaller scale through social media,
1: right? Sure. With it's a you know effect. social media has changed so much. The tools have have changed so drastically over the years. You know, when I started, you know, uh, nine, ten years ago it, it, we don't have what we have today with Facebook Live and you know the ability to do what you're doing uh, with this podcast is amazing uh, and, and it's it's a tool that people can utilize with, with the YouTubes and the Googles now you can search whatever topic and, and, and learn as much as you as you want uh, and it's, it's absolutely free which is which is which is great as well. Um, so really the, the tip that I have for anyone who's out there starting from scratch uh, today, uh, is you have to be prepared to work very hard. You have to work your tail off. Um, anyone who's coming into this business um, to make a paycheck is not going to succeed. You have to come into this business because you love helping people and and just being with people, and, and it's, it's about that. It's not about the money. The money will come. Um, the success will come if you work hard, but you have to be able to work hard.
0: Let's talk about that mindset for a minute. I mean, what really gave you that um, those entrepreneurial ambitions from, from a young age, going into that company right in your 20s and then going into radio and then going into real estate. and let's talk a little bit about your, your real estate business and, and the other businesses that you've built around
1: that. Sure. Um, I've always been a very entrepreneurial person uh, since I was a kid. Uh, I can remember you know doing things with friends at their houses where we'd, we'd you know make something and sell it to our parents and, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, that's always, I've always had a big drive, always, 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 um, it, to me, this business, uh, is a lifestyle. It's not, it's not a job. It's not a career. Um, my mind is working 24 seven. Uh, and although I'm not on the road actively anymore, I haven't been for a few years now. Um, I'm acting as CEO of the company. Yeah, but literally my mind works 24 seven. Um, when I'm at home playing with the kids, my mind is working. It's, it's, you know, um, some people would find that exhausting and, and they wouldn't want that. I want that. That's how I'm happy. So, if I'm on vacation, um, if I'm not checking in on what's going on, if I'm not on my phone, you know, obviously we, have, we want to spend time with the kids and with the family. But if I'm not checking in and seeing what's happening, I'm not enjoying the vacation. So, my wife has learned over the years to just, you know, let Dan do his thing, let, let him check his email and, you know, respond to what he has to respond to. Then he can relax for, for a bit uh, throughout the day but uh that that's just always been me um and that's just not gonna change I'm just I don't, I don't ever picture myself retiring ever um, maybe slowing down at you know one of these days and when I'm you know much much older but um, that's just it's it's a love it's it's a it's a lifestyle for me
0: it's a passion yes on obsession <laughs> you got it you have to be you have to all right? right so I mean taking that that whole concept you let's go back to the beginning of your career there you said you started uh, part-time it transitioned into full-time what several months yes. later and then when when did you bring on an assistant
1: lisa would have started with me uh it, it was i want to say 2011 so a year in about a year in okay. um, year year and a couple months in uh, lisa started so she started part-time um it was a big jump um, you know, I remember going to seminars, uh, actually with Kathy and our team, we were going to, you know, Richard Robbins seminars and a couple different seminars. And they were talking about, at uh, what point do you need an assistant? Um, and, uh, you know, there's, they were saying typically if you hit, if you're in the thirties, uh, transaction, then you should be looking at getting an assistant. I remember driving home that day thinking, that's it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start part time and we'll, we'll do it. So, um, hired, uh, actually hired someone else before Lisa who lasted a couple months, didn't work out. Um, and then Lisa came along, um, and, uh, she's been with me ever since. So started full, uh, part time. I oh, went honestly probably 20 hours a week for, I don't know, uh, a month and then two months, maybe at most. And then literally went from 20 to 25 to 30. And then within a, less than a year, she was full time. Um, and, uh, haven't looked back since.
0: So what was the plan then when you brought on the assistant? Number one, a lot of people that are in the position where they're thinking about bringing on an assistant. They're thinking, okay, now I gotta have this other person relying on me for their income. Yes, that's a whole other layer of, of stress and responsibility.
1: Yes, it's it's huge. Uh, that was definitely a big a big consideration. Uh, what I can tell you is that I've always been a, a risk taker. Uh, now I've always been a, a calculated risk taker. Um, and money has never been my driving force. So especially early on, um, the way I looked at it was, you know what? Quite frankly, I went from working radio making no money to, um, you know, uh, first great year in real estate. Quite frankly, if all the income is sucked up by the assistant and I just survive like I did in radio, I'll be okay. That was my mindset. So because of that, um, I was much less fearful to make, uh, you know, big decisions. Uh, and try different things because of because of the fact that money's not not important to me, never has been, never will be. Um, it's good to have it, it's great to have it. And if you you, know, you succeed, it make, definitely makes it easier to make bigger moves. Um, so but otherwise, you know, risk has never been a, a fear of mine.
0: Okay, so a year in, we've got an assistant. How yeah. did you decide? Um, and, and this has been talked about before, but everyone has a different process. What is it that the assistant does? How do I delegate? And you seem like the person that, you know, you're very hands-on. So yes. how do you not
1: micromanage? I wish I could bring Lisa in this conversation. She's actually in the room next to me. Hey, Lisa. Uh, but, yeah, she, she can't hear you. I have headphones, but she's right next to you, Uh in the room next to me. Um, so it's a running joke that uh, when Lisa first started, I, I can be a bit of a control freak. Now, over the years, I've learned, I, I've had to, to learn to let things go and let others take the responsibility. And I've, I've learned to hire around me. Uh, people that are better than me at at everything else, um, and so, but Lisa still laughs. We still laugh to this day about how we used to send just sold postcards or just listed postcards, and we'd have to break them up in piles of hundred, and I would personally count them myself because I was afraid that she wouldn't count them properly, and so um, it you know, got to that point. So it was a big question mark when we first when I first brought on the assistant was to what responsibilities can I delegate and. I was still on the road, obviously, so what I ended up delegating was everything that was done in the office. I, I just went and showed houses, um, wrote offers, and then she would take care of all the paperwork uh, back at the office, um, keeping our database organized, uh, you know, sending out the postcards, um, newsletters, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, so let me ask you a very practical question then. Yes. I would assume she was writing up uh, the listings and and that type of thing as well. Yes. The listing paperwork. So how is that physically done when you are used to doing it yourself and going through all the details? Are you just sending like an email with notes or or something along those lines?
1: Uh, Yeah, on our board, well, the the assistants have access to – to our dad, to our realtor system, right? To, yes, we use, of we use, uh, back then it was Logics or whatever. So, um, now it's Matrix, but, um, so she would log in. I would tell her where to, you know, where to write, uh, which property to write an offer for. And she'd prep, prep all the paperwork and, um, have it ready for signature.
0: No, but in terms of like a listing, if you're putting a listing on the market, you've, as the salesperson, have oh, gotcha. the house. you have the measurements and the details. Yes. Are you just writing some sort of pre- made form and sending it the so
1: yes filling out so Lisa report. typically uh for listings sorry for listings sorry I didn't get that uh for listings I she would she would prep a listing package and I at the house would fill out the package for the most part so I would I would at the time fill out the package and give it back to her completed and she would then so she would correct correct she would print out comparables uh she would print out the geo reports all that kind of thing but I would uh fill out the data sheet and, and the description uh and everything from my end and, and that, then provide it back to the office.
0: Right, and that really is the purpose of having an assistant and leveraging your time, is being able to do the things that are money-making activities, which are Correct. going on appointments and doing deals.
1: Correct, that, that's, that's hugely important. And yes, if if you are like me, a control freak and you keep controlling everything, then you're not gonna, you'll be paying someone to you know not do anything. So you have to learn to delegate, that's key.
0: And did you find that that had an immediate impact on your business?
1: 100%. My my year uh, two in the business was, uh, I want to say, somewhere on 60-ish transactions, uh, 60-something, 65 transactions. Uh, and then from there, it went to 80, uh, almost 90 transactions. So uh, 100%. It, it's definitely, you know, I, I couldn't have done that while doing everything myself. Uh, very early on in the process, I brought on a, a full-time media person as well. Um, he was actually our third hire so our second hire after lisa was um was our our first media person um and uh, that happened pretty quick and so he took care of all the photographs and doing videos and uh that kind of thing um for me very early on
0: was he also in charge of any kind of marketing activities uh
1: yes so at the time um we were actually the first, uh, actually, I think we're still the only ones in our marketplace with a full-time media person. We actually uh, have two now, full-time media people on staff. Um, but uh, at the time, our idea, my idea was um, to build content, so uh, to do community videos. Uh, it was, it was, you know, back when that wasn't cool, that was what we were doing, so that was my, my thought. So we brought uh, that person on early on to do that kind of stuff. So we had an in-your-community segment that we would shoot uh, from various businesses and uh, uh, charity events and that kind of thing, um, and that uh, that happened right from from the early get-go. Um, so he wasn't doing as much. He was doing a bit of of marketing, but um, at the time we weren't doing that much online marketing. It wasn't that huge of a thing just at the time, um, as like it is now. So he was mostly doing you know our video tours and. Photos and just all our other uh, community Rabbit. stuff. Yeah, content. A lot of Correct.
0: people would, would outsource that to Correct. photographers, but you wanted to bring somebody in. Correct, this. right in.
1: Yeah, you got what it. What was
0: the reason behind
1: it? So, so, again, uh, because I just, uh, that, that was always something that I wanted to do, and content was was important to me. Supporting local causes was important to me. So, from, from a business perspective, was that the smartest thing to do early on? Probably not, because um, like it, for me, it worked out because we, we sold a lot of real estate, so we were able to cover those costs. Mm-hmm. But from someone that that is not producing that much, it wouldn't make sense to bring someone on full time. Um, you know, to have two full time people working under you while you're the only one selling from the, from an early onset could be difficult. Um, and again, we're in Windsor Essex here. Our, our average price at the time uh, was $180,000. So to do 30 transactions, 60 transactions at $180 compared to you know the GTA, which is has an average that's triple, quadruple, you know, that, that amount uh, is much different.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, let's talk about that content strategy just for a minute. You talked about community videos and such. Did you see, because I know you're a person that likes to track and, and see what's going on, did you see some sort of return from that?
1: We did. We saw, we saw some definite return. Um and again the thing with, with uh the way we grew our business is we had stuff happening everywhere. We we really um we really took over the marketplace really quickly um and had all kinds of marketing uh saturated everywhere. And so at the time what we we always asked where people heard have heard about us or seen us. And one of the common uh responses was we see you everywhere. We see you online, we see your billboards, we see your signs. Uh, so that, that was, um, one way that it got really kind of difficult to track. Um, and then once social media started taking hold early on and, and video started becoming a big thing on Facebook, that's really when it kind of took off as well.
0: Did you have a, a set time of how many you released per day, per week, per month, whatever it was?
1: No. So, we did all of our standard uh, market update videos on a monthly basis. Uh, we had uh, a feature with the Humane Society, which we did a weekly feature with the Humane, the Humane Society, uh, the pet of the week. Um, we had um, uh, various events happening throughout Windsor-Essex. So, if it was a festival of some sort or whatnot, uh, you know, we did a segment at a pumpkin patch for, for you know, the fall. We did um you know, a couple of festivals here and there, whatever was happening, uh, some charity events that were happening. So there wasn't at the time a set. And again, don't forget, I was I was full time on the road at the time, too. So I had to take time to, to film these things. Of course. Uh, when we we're first starting out. So it was a bit more uh, tedious than it is now. Um, and after years of doing it, it's becoming a bit, bit simpler. But um, so at the time what, there wasn't a set day for certain things to happen just because it wasn't, we didn't have the ability to schedule that.
0: All right. Now let's talk about the growth of the team. So at sure. this point in the conversation, you're a couple of years in, you're a, a solo agent with help, with an assistant and with a media person. Yes. Where does it go from there? And I know you're with a major brand in your market at that point. Yes.
1: Yep. Yeah, correct. We were at 3Max when we first started out. Um, and so, uh, Lisa was our first, uh, my first hire then uh, our media person. And then from there, Kathy came on board, uh, in January of 2013. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed from there. So then after Kath was another realtor. So um, let me pause just for yeah. a second.
0: So when Kathy came in and I know it's a slightly different yeah. than normal circumstance, um, yes. how did you want to structure that relationship? Cause once you bring on another real estate partner, um, you really have to work that in.
1: Yes. So, Cath, um, again, and, and it's diff- it was different in our situation because um, we started out kind of as a, as a partnership, but then we had to put we, we decided to put a team structure in place. So, Cath um, is, if she's watching this, she's still very, very young, but she's she's um, she's on the tail end of her career. So, she's been in the business 25 years, you know, selling uh, 80, 90 transactions a year herself. Um, and what excited her about uh, our working together, we were doing a bit together before we, before she came on board, before we partnered up, um, we were doing some video tours and listings together just because we were in the same office, we're related. So we kind of, were connecting and, and spending time together, uh, early on as well, but we love spending time together. We get along very well. Uh, and I think that's where it became, uh, it got to the point where she saw, you know, she, she saw the vision that I had in place. Um, and uh, kind of wanted to be part of it, and so that's how it all started out. Um, and so at first, we our for sale signs had my name on one side, her name on the other. And then talking to some some branding people, um, they they really made uh, us realize early on that if our plan is to build a strong brand in our marketplace, we want to be careful as to not to dilute the brand. And so they they convinced us at the time that it was it was better off, you know, to have one brand on the sign and you see that brand over and over and over again as opposed to having you know multiple names and, and diluting the brand so it was a big decision for her at, at first you know she knew i had longevity in a longer time to go in the business so she said you know what That's, i'm okay with with uh, letting you build your name i've built mine already uh, i have my cois they're going to follow me wherever i go and uh, it worked out and so since that point uh, it's been our, our main brand on the signs on the marketing and uh, that's really helped us propel as well because it's not diluting the brand, which is, is difficult for – I know we're, we're jumping all over the place. Gotcha. It's difficult It's difficult for – whatever. It's, <laughs> it's, it's your show. Uh, uh, it's difficult for some realtors to understand, right? Because by nature, a lot of realtors um, have egos, yes. and they don't want to let go of their, of their brand, of their name. And so they had to realize as their team has grown over, the, over time that it, this is not about you. It's about the team. And so we don't want just you to succeed. We want everyone to succeed around you. Um, and so it's it's fantastic for anyone coming in with experience. It's it's bonus for anyone coming in brand new to the business or newer to the business, um, and they, they can take advantage of of the team's brand right off the bat.
0: Now let's dive into that a little bit deeper because the brand is your name, and you're yes. no longer selling. Correct. So- there had to have been a rub in the transition out of selling and people saying, well, I want the brand. I want the name.
1: None whatsoever, none whatsoever. You're saying no, nope. not ever one time. No. So, so that, that's a big misconception. And that, that is more about uh, the team leader letting go of their ego than anything else. So some team leaders will be so dead set on having to control everything, going back to that control standpoint, right? Right. Um, and they're convinced that they just want me. They just want, that's, I'm who they want, my name's on the sign, that's just how it goes. Um, let me tell you right now that um, nobody cares about you. They care about the experience. They care about uh, getting the, the, the most value for their, for their property. Um, and if they are explained and sold on the team concept, they don't care if it's my name or Joe Blow's name on the sign, Uh, the, the brand has been built and they want to be part of that, of that thing that you built, um, which is really cool. Right. And so it all comes with training. And, um, now at first I had to transition out of the business. It took me, honestly, it didn't take me very long. It it probably took me, um, three, six months to transition out of selling. Um, and so every once in a blue moon, if I have a past client, um, and all of our clients had, are, are very, are kept very aware of what's happening with our team at all times, uh, even if they haven't sold or bought with, with us for years. Um, and so they were made aware that the team is now you know growing and, and we have this cool thing going on and that it's about the team. And so from an early onset with our relationships with with uh, with home buyers and sellers, they are made aware of that, uh, the fact that it's not about Dan, it's about the Dan Gemma's real estate team and our, our group as a whole. So whether you're working with Kathy or with Sue or with, you know, with anybody on the team, it's you're getting the exact same experience, um, which is which is really cool. And so, every once in a blue moon, we'll get someone that says, you know what, um, um, I want Dan because he sold me my first house. If that happens, honestly, it maybe happens once every few months, if that. Uh, if that happens, I will go to the initial appointment with the, with the sales rep and introduce them. Hi, this is Kathy, my partner. And by the time the meeting is done, they could care less. That they're working with Kathy or with me because they understand the um, the value that the team has uh, to offer them. Okay. All right. And, and for anybody calling, sorry, Lauren. For anybody calling uh, off a sign or off anything else, uh, and they, they they ask for Dan, um, which you'd be surprised, most people do not anymore. They just ask a generic question, and the front desk handles it uh, perfectly and, and sends them to uh, the next uh, agent in line. Um, but if they ask for Dan specifically, um, the, the front desk will basically just say something along the lines of, um, well, uh, unfortunately Dan's not available right now, but his partner, Kathy is, um, I'll, uh, I'll send you over to her right now. Perfect. Great. Nobody cares. <laughs> so it's not about, it's not about me. It's about the team. Okay. And the, the, the sooner you get over, over that, the, the sooner, the sooner you understand that, the quicker you'll move on and it'll be just fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> Listen up everybody, especially me, because you're yeah. pointing his finger right at me when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to go back to uh, you, assistant, um, media person. You bring on Kathy, and then what? Where do you bring on other people? And, and are they brought on as buyers agents? Is the typical thing, or sure. how is it structured?
1: You're going to test my memory. Uh, so, no, all of our agents. We don't have buyer agents. or listing agents. We all of our agents do everything. Uh, we've decided that early on that uh, we don't want to, um, you know, give people different experiences. We want them all to have the same experience. So if an agent can't do both and they don't belong on our team, um and, and nor do we want them, you know, uh to be involved with our with our could you imagine if you are um and some teams do this, I guess they can imagine, but from my my vision is not, hey, I'm gonna help you buy a house and oh you want to list one? Great. That'll be somebody else. Right? Now I know you've built a relationship with us, but you know, now you're gonna deal with somebody else. We don't want that experience for our clients. So we want our agents to be able to uh, to buy and uh, and enlist as well. Um, And not just that, we want them to feel fulfilled. Right? Uh, Which is really cool.
0: Okay. So let's go back to bringing on people because yes, I know you're trying to avoid that. but
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've you've asked me four times. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay. So the growth of the team. So uh, so, uh, Lisa, then our media person, then Kathy came on from there. um, We had another agent join us and then, Sue join us. So we had a couple other agents come on board. Uh, so we had three agents. What's the um, general
0: timeline between bringing on people? Uh,
1: the So the first, so um, Kathy and the two other agents, including Sue, uh, that all happened within a year. Um, well, no, sorry. Kathy was 2013. I would say 2014-ish. We had two others come on board, uh, 14, 15. And then uh, a second front desk person, Um, came on board, uh, and then we left REMAX. Then we opened our own brokerage. Um, Whole other topic, if you want to get into that later. Uh, Then we opened our own brokerage. Um, We were already out of the REMAX office. We left the REMAX office and uh, into our own building while still at REMAX. Um, And then from there, uh, the rest of the growth came. Then the other companies started coming into into play. and other agents and that kind of thing. Okay. So <laughs> there's been like agents- there's, there's a lot of people, so it's hard to remember which date for which you know, uh, which exact course, position, course. but to give you an idea.
0: Now a lot of uh, agents starting teams or agents that are sort of team heads, team figures. Yes. Um, they bring on a very different structure where there are I mean, I know one in my local market that has like thirty people on their team, all thirty agents on their team, never mind yes. anybody else. And yes, they may do 200 transactions a year, but each agent is doing like less than 20.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, and again, you're right. There's lots of large, we have them in our marketplace too. We have teams that are as large as ours, but they're, they're doing as many transactions with 10 agents that we are with, you know, three or four. So, um, and, and the team leaders are all still selling. So to me, one of the biggest, I'm jumping around again. I'm sorry. One, one of the biggest, it's, it's, it's jogging things in my mind that I want to mention. Uh, one of the biggest points for myself uh, that I wanted early on uh, was to come off the road. And the reason being for myself was that I did not want to um, uh, be uh, one of the teams or a team leader that kept the good stuff and gave the other stuff to the to the rest of the team. Right? is a common complaint
0: amongst teams. Huge.
1: Huge. So my decision right off the bat was okay. I'll take myself off the road. That way, whatever business is coming in is being uh, handed over to the to the sales agents. I want them to build big, massive businesses so that they're happy, they're content, and our and our business keeps on growing from from the from the deep end, right? So that's, that's that was our goal early on. So you're right. A lot of these teams um, have 10, 15 agents, uh, but the team leaders are still selling. So on top of that. Team leaders keeping the good stuff they're passing off the other stuff to the the rest of the you know 10 members and uh, yeah they're selling you know 5 10 15 houses each great our agents for the most part uh, you know if I look back at our I should have I should have put up our, our charts um, but I want to say in 2015 we had somewhere around 190 transactions somewhere on there. 16 was 216-ish transactions. 17, we did 300 and something transactions. That was a three, three and a half agents. So our agents are doing close to 100 transactions each, uh, 80 to 100 transactions each for the most part. Um, you know, at one point we had four, uh, five agents, um, but one was not, you know, not producing as, as much. Um, but, you know, so for the most part, uh, that's what's, our agents are producing. So it's, it's making a big difference.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's yeah. a very different structure than what a lot of other people are, are seeing out there.
1: Sure. Sure. Now,
0: a lot of people, when they're going into the idea of a team, they're being told, you know what? It could be more profitable just being yourself. You don't have the headaches. You don't have to worry about all the other nonsense and you're making all the money, so to speak. Um, but you're also wearing all the hats. So, <laughs> so when you're, you're now, Delegating or, or yes. leveraging with team members, yeah. um, how does that really come into play, and what have you learned along the way in terms of effectiveness?
1: So, how does it come into play financially? Sure,
0: and I'm not talking about specific dollars, you know. Yeah, but but generally. Like for yourself,
1: so, do you what ever think you know? Is it worth the headache with all this, or or? Is so it- what what I what I, what I can tell you from our, with our structure, um, I would make more money being on the road than I would being me right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with that. So with my new role, um, I'm often, I'm going to say often, not always, I'm often home at night and I'm usually home on weekends. So I've had to sacrifice, right? Something I had to, something I had to give. Uh, I have a young family. Um, they're actually behind me. You see the pictures behind me. So I've, we have young kids, our youngest, is, our youngest daughter's two, two and a half. Um, and, uh, so for me, I had to sacrifice something. So I would make much more money being on the road, um, like our agents, than I would being myself. But, like I said at the top, money's not important to me. So I'm okay making making less money um, and having the lifestyle right now. Uh, And I'm sure that will change uh, as time goes on. We have our other companies in play as well. Um, But, uh, yeah, so for me, structure-wise, I'd be making more money on the road, like our agents, uh, than being uh, CEO of the company. It's um, not and as about money, it's about quality of life and lifestyle. Sure, quality of life, lifestyle. I'm still making great living. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not making money. I'm making great money, and uh, I'm enjoying it. But uh, for me, you know, uh, for our lifestyle, I, I'm completely content and very happy. Uh, and I'm building my wealth in, in other ways, uh, right, with our properties and, and that kind of thing, our other businesses, uh, long term. Um, so that, that's my main concern right now. Whereas some some people, and, and rightfully so. Um, they want to just make bank the money, bank the cash right now right. Uh, as quickly as possible, and, and you know, go spend it. That's just not what I, I choose to do, and that, that's okay. Everyone has different goals and plans.
0: Now you mentioned earlier and again touched on it that you have other businesses, and, and we started yes. talking about it and got sidetracked. So, what are these other businesses that you have that are related to your real estate business?
1: So we have there's five corporations. Um, so we have our holdings company, which has our real estate. Um, Holdings. Uh, We have um, uh, Doobies Home Center, which is a. uh, We bought it in January 2016. At the time, it was a paint and flooring store. We've since changed it to Doobies um, Home Center. Uh, And Doobies Home Center again, still paint, uh, Benjamin Moore paint, flooring, uh, windows and doors, uh, cabinetry, plumbing fixtures, so all the things to you know finish uh, renovate your house. Um, so that's literally a block away from our, our real estate office, which is nice. So with that store, anybody who buys or sells with the Dan Gems team saves on everything in that store. So that was our vision right early on uh, with the purchase of that store was that uh, we have clients, you know, at the time it was flooring and paint, uh, changing their, their flooring and, and painting their houses every time we sell a house. So how awesome would it be as a, as a value add to them if um, we had this extra business? Um, so then um, that happened. And then we have, um, uh, GEMS homes. So we have a new home construction division as well. Uh, we build new homes. So again, the bigger picture, uh, every time we build a house, Doobies is providing the, the products to that new build and the team is selling the pro the, the new build. So, uh, three companies are benefiting every time we, we, we sell a brand new house. Um, and then last but not least, uh, in 2018, Uh, mid uh, 2018 we purchased uh, we acquired a a property management company Um, and so uh, we've rebranded that as Goldmar Property Management Um, and uh, that's been going well and growing as well and that has its own uh, its own staff so all these businesses have their own their own teams uh, involved Um, and at the same time we can share resources and help each other out which is uh, which is really cool yeah Um, so that's the five companies.
0: Excellent. So that's obviously people listening. That can seem very overwhelming. <laughs> but it's not something yes. that happened overnight. It's something that happened gradually no. over a period of time.
1: Correct. Correct. And, and it would not have happened had I still been on the road, right? So uh, being um, a CEO and, and working from the office allows me to oversee these things and putting the proper people in place, the proper teams in place. Uh, staff Staffing is huge, 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 huge. And uh, it's why you have to um, from an early onset, really focus on on bringing on the right people. Um, that's that's key, because that that will sink you as fast as you can. You know, you can grow.
0: Of course, and you're never going to be perfect with that or anything. There are going to be you know, people to come in that don't quite work out, and that's yeah. okay. You just got to yeah. learn to recognize that.
1: That's exactly it. And, and we've had it. We've had agents that have come on that didn't work out, and um, it's it's one of those things where we've been very lucky um, with our with our sales team um you know we've had uh, one person leave us uh, everyone else is actually I uh, that's 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 incorrect so we've had two agents prior that uh are, are have left us but they left the business mm-hmm. um and of those one came back to work as our uh, inside sales agent so she didn't want to work you know she wanted nine to five hours and now tina's back with us as our inside sales agent um you know so otherwise. Um, Everyone else has left the business, or we had um, in 18 we had a, a change and someone was asked to leave uh, the team unexpectedly. Uh, but uh, otherwise, we've been we've been very lucky and we've had a great um, group of, of sales agents that have stuck it out with us and, and been very happy.
0: So growing a business to this scale, and just talking about real estate specifically again you really have to have the right systems in place to duplicate yourself essentially and or the experience more accurately to the clients. So when did the systems come about? Because especially as a solo agent, you're getting out there and if you're doing well, that's great, but you're running around like mad. You don't necessarily have the time to sit down and put that in place. So when for you did it come into place?
1: Systems are huge. They're huge for our, our companies, uh, for our real estate team. Everything has a system. Um, and it can get a little bit scary or tedious for someone coming on board because everything is so uh, systemized. And uh, so for us, um, I want to say we had left the Remax office. Um, I want to say it was 2013 uh, that we really uh, dove deep into building out all of our systems. And from there, we've pretty much we've, we've evolved evolved over the over the years, mm-hmm. but uh, the core systems are still in place um and again we are our own brokerage as well so we had to have you know uh different systems f- from the brokerage and as well as the team end right um uh, but, but from early onset of of the team's build we had our systems put in place we had to we we got to the point where we we couldn't handle it uh it was there was too much disarray uh and we were forced to build the systems out
0: okay now i know you guys are also involved in in coaching and training when did that come mm-hmm. out and uh, how important is that to your business
1: Uh, we have been involved. I personally have been involved in coaching from, I want to say 2011, 2012, very early on, and it hasn't stopped, uh, since then. So it's been extremely important. Uh, and there's been, there's been different coaches along the way. Um, you know, initially when I was a single agent, um, the coaches were more involved around the basics of the business, right? Which, which you need. Uh, everyone, in my opinion, should be, should be coaching. Like prospecting generating. Uh, correct. Correct. Thing. correct. Yep, you got it. All, all the basics of, of the business and uh, of sales. Um, and then as time went on, uh, as the team built out, we started focusing our coaching on uh, the, the systems um, uh, building uh, and then uh, the sales uh, tools. So, um, you know, our, our buyer systems, our seller systems, that kind of thing.
0: So let's talk really briefly about when we're talking systems, that's great. We're, we're in that place. We understand what we're talking about, but there are a lot of people there. that are like, Systems, what systems? What are you talking about? So what's sure. an example of the systems that are in place in your business that are helping it?
1: Oh, every time. So when we uh, meet with a buyer, so if a, if a buyer lead comes in, we have a system for how to handle that buyer lead. Uh, same with the listing system. We have a, a system for how to handle the, the, the lead. Depending on what kind of lead it is, there's a different system for it. There's systems for how to handle a deal. So once a deal is done, um, then what do we do with it? Uh, is it a buyer? Is it a seller? Um, there's literally systems for a million different things. Yeah, for everything. Um, if it's new listing, you know what happens to that listing? It's there's a whole we, we, with our team. Everybody has a different role, right? So um, Andrew, our media person uh, that does listing videos and presentations, uh, would would go ahead and be dispatched out to that listing and. The signs and the lock boxes and the, everything else to go with it.
0: Yeah, the first few years in the business for myself, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm still a single agent, I don't have a team, but I realized after the first few years of running around like mad, things were getting dropped, they were getting lost, you know, and, and the purpose of putting those systems in place is to really figure out, you know, wait a minute, what happened here so that it doesn't happen again? Yeah. And that's how the systems evolve, I would assume for you. I mean, out there, I know there are many systems, many different coaching systems uh, companies out there that have systems that you can sort of plug in, but they're a good place to start and you'll eventually they'll morph with. Correct.
1: Yes. And every marketplace is different, right? So some, some systems that work for some markets might not work for, for a different market. So yes, evolving is, is key and our systems are never complete. They're always ever changing and they always will be. And that's okay. The the key to uh, building as fast as we have is uh, being uh, able and willing to, um, to morph into whatever you need to morph into f- for, for whatever you know uh, is happening in the, in the marketplace or in your business. Mm-hmm. So that, that's key. You have to be able to um, uh, keep aware of what's happening around you and your surroundings.
0: Definitely. Okay, so let's take a step back and uh, play a little game that I play with just about every, <laughs> every member um, on this show. Now, we're gonna talk about you getting back in the business for some reason, or let's say you have a nephew. In the middle of mm-hmm. somewhere nor- nowhere land, in North America, they're new to the town. They're getting into real estate. How do you advise them on getting off the ground and moving in the right direction?
1: Sure, that, that's the game. Okay, the game. so <laughs> not a, okay,
0: not a big budget, right? I mean, sure, a couple dollars, but really, it's it's sweat equity that they, they have. Well,
1: you don't you don't need much of a budget at all. So what what I would tell everyone, and what we tell our agents coming in, uh, is the first thing to focus on is building your COI list. So your center of influence list. So focus on the people you know, your friends, your family, uh, your colleagues, um, anybody out in the community that you might, you know, if you volunteer somewhere, if you don't get out there and volunteer and do some stuff in the community, uh, make some connections. And you have to be, you know, one of the sayings in the business is um, over the years with coaching is is uh, not being a secret agent. You don't want, you want everyone to know that you sell real estate. You want to be proud. You want to be confident. You want to know what you're talking about. So educate yourself. There's never um, enough to learn. Uh, I am still learning tons and uh, Kathy and our team has been in the business over 25 years is still learning stuff. And um, so utilize the resources and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. um, And to, to find the answer. There's nothing worse than coming across a realtor in the marketplace that thinks they know and they just look like idiots because they're afraid to just say I don't know and how do I do this? Um, so educate yourself. That that's huge. But work on your COI list uh, and communicate with them. Touch base with them. Have coffee. Go grab you know um, some drinks or lunch and, and just just make people aware um, that you sell real estate. And the key is not letting them forget that you sell real estate. So just communicating with somebody once. And then never again is not going to do that. Do the trick when they have a friend that's looking to buy or sell real estate. They need to be reminded constantly that you sell real estate. Um, be in their face uh, and do it tactfully. Don't do it, you know, don't do it like, uh, you know, untactfully. Do it, do it tactfully, but uh, keep top of mind. That, that's huge. So
0: what would be a good strategy to do that?
1: Well, with social media these days, that, that's making it much easier. Um, newsletters was something that we did early on. Uh, it's not super expensive, although the price of postage is going up these days. Um, email uh, is another one. I'm um, just trying to think of you know uh, price-sensitive things, cost-sensitive things that you can do. But social media is, is the easiest one. Communicate with everybody one-on-one. Shoot them a private message, right? Don't do it. Don't just send out a blank message to everybody. Send private messages out. hey. Um, hey everyone, uh, or no, hey, 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 Joe, Stan, uh, we haven't talked in a while, but just a, a heads up that I'm now uh, selling real estate. Uh, if you are uh, thinking of buying or selling, give me a, give me a, a call. We'll, we'll sit down and, and discuss it. Or if you know of anybody looking to buy or sell, you know, um, give me a call. Um, an open ended question is always a, a good one as well. Hey, who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? Not do you know anybody, but you know who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? Um, that kind of thing. So those are all free.
0: Yes, yes. So that's a great right? way to, to hit on your center of influence. You mentioned getting around um, and and getting to know the people in the town and yes, you know, volunteering.
1: Yes, that's, that's huge. And um, I think the key um, is really just making sure people know that you sell real estate and you constantly remind them that you sell real estate. That, that's the key. At the end of the day, and if you are presentable uh, and people respect you that's going to go above and beyond if you have um or if you present yourself in an um you know uh, um, unfriendly or uh, unprofessional way like me like <laughs> there you go like lord no lord you're great uh then people are going are, they're going to trust you with their biggest decisions um you know in uh in their in their lives which is their, their biggest investments really
0: Right, right. So we're talking about a lot of, I don't even know if this is a real term, but if it's not, then I guess I'm, I'm coining it, uh, soft prospecting as opposed to hard sure. prospecting. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a difference would be then going out and knocking on doors or making calls or, or doing open houses would be, quote unquote, hard prospecting as opposed to. That,
1: so right? I, I will tell you that, um, and, it, and everything works differently for different people, right? Kathy on our team has never been afraid to pick up the phone and just start calling random strangers. Um, and I've been in the room with her and she picks up appointments by just randomly calling people. Um, she doesn't do it so much anymore. She's built her business up and she's too busy now, but that that's definitely, she hasn't been afraid to do that. I, for one, have never been a door knocker or a cold caller. I have never done it, um, you know, but I've also haven't been afraid to get out there and uh, make people aware of the fact that I sell real estate. Um, and the fact that I reinvested my funds, all of my funds, early on into the business to build the brand and my name out there, was was a big, uh, a big factor for me uh, personally and, and for the team now. Um, but for some people, door knocking and cold calling, you know, is is definitely an option. And um, obviously, it's become a bit difficult, more difficult these days with uh, with laws in place. But um, it's definitely an option for sure.
0: Okay, so your, your advice to your imaginary nephew or niece uh, in Nowhereville, North America, yes. is to grow your center of influence. Let them know that you are in the business. Get to know the people in the community. Get involved in the community by volunteering. Yes. And, um, and then there are those other options as well if you, if you need to sort of get out there. But follow up with the people that you do come in contact with and once isn't enough, right?
1: Once is not enough and and be quick to reply to messages. That's key. Um, in this business today, there are just so many people that are out there that if someone doesn't get a reply within five minutes, they'll move on to the next thing they want, especially millennials, right? They don't want to wait. Um, so reply quickly, uh, to Facebook messages or to whatever messages your email or or phone or text, um, and, and stay on them and just, remind them that you are your friend, right? Treat them as, as your best friend uh, and go and, and help them with their real estate decisions. Do not uh, be so concerned about, going back to my, my uh, comment from the beginning of the show, don't be so concerned about making a buck and selling a house. Worry about them and their needs and what's best for them. And don't be afraid to tell them when you walk into a house, this is not for you. This is This is a dump. Let's get out of here and let's move on to the next thing. I can't tell you how often people are shocked. That I would walk into a house with them and say, This is let's get out of here. What? But I like it. No, you don't like it because of this, it's this, this this and it has this these issues. Well, don't you want me don't, don't you want to sell me a house? I do, but if it's not the right property, if I can't sell it for you in a couple of years, then it's not the right place for you and let's move on. Uh, and people are so grateful. Then next thing you know, you have instant uh, trust and likability because people know that they have you have their back. That's right. key.
0: Absolutely. You're not in it for for the quick buck. You're in it for them, and, and you got it. Them. And that will the money will come. There you go. The money will come. And reinvest. You mentioned reinvest in the business.
1: Yes, I see too often in this business, uh, in any sales business, people will make the money and just go spend it, and then have nothing to show for it. Um, you cannot do that. You have to just reinvest in your business. And and realtors often forget that we are running businesses, even as a single agent working for a franchise. You are running a business. Um, you're taking care of your costs, your vehicle, your advertising, your you know uh, your any employees or assistants you have. That's all coming out of your pocket. You have to run your business as though you're running a business. Have a budget, a business plan in place, uh, all that kind of stuff.
0: And if you don't know anything about that, there are coaches out there that do. And go and search out mentors or coaches that can help you
1: with it, right? And there's resources. Just follow YouTube channels like this and, and and listen to people who've done it and who have been successful and find out what they're doing and 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 copy it if it's already been done successfully then someone's doing it properly take what they're doing you know change it up to what works for you and then rinse and repeat it's already working
0: exactly and that's the whole purpose of this show you know you're we interview people in in different circumstances uh all across north america with different business models and you're going to connect with one over the other go for yes take those ideas morph it into your own and and get going because they already have a proven track record of success.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Fantastic. All right, Dan, I've taken about an hour of your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you putting that aside for us today.
1: Always a pleasure, Lord.
0: Um To leave on a note, maybe suggest a, a book or, or something interesting. It can be directly real estate related or not uh, for people to check out.
1: Oh, you, sh- you should have. You uh <laughs> Touch base before you know what it's on my um on my ipad which i'm on right now but i'm i've read a few um the millionaire next door is always a good one uh the um what is it the The millionaire um the real estate uh, oh estate god agent. yes mr real, that's one of the ones i read early on um read the 5 a.m um uh morning or I, you should have told me this with this question before <laughs> I, would have, I would have prepped for it was that the tim um, Ferriss, the 5 a.m or, no, or is that yeah, uh no chocolate? it's um no, it's um, oh, oh it's, you're gonna test my memory. Um, it'll come to me. Okay. Find find out. Put Google it on the it. screen. It. Yes, Google go. it. Um, but you know, I wish I had more time to read. But i have actually made a, made a point this year to read a book every month. So we'll see we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> Let me know. All right. Sure. Thanks again. Say hi to everybody on the team for me, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon.
1: You got it, Lauren. See you soon. Take care. Bye.
0: Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I truly appreciate you for your support and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share this all over social media, and especially share it with a realtor that you know that might be having a difficult time finding their own path to success. I'll see you on the next episode.